episode number 74, Fit for Life Radio, your hosts, Gary and Will. We're here. We're live. We are back with a fresh episode. We missed last week. We, we posted up a retread. We did a podcast, but... Yeah, it was... The we, computer we, ate the podcast. We filmed the podcast, recorded a podcast, and it just didn't save. Nah. Which is heartbreaking. Yeah, it was a good one. We'll do it again, but I'm just not ready yet to, like... Yeah. Yeah, because then what will happen is, you know, it comes natural and natural yeah. funny moments and normal things you say. And then it's just forced. When you try to do it again, you're, you're going to force it. Yeah, you're thinking, all right, well, what did I say last time? And it's just not going to be good. Mm. But today, we're excited for today's... Today's fresh. We're going to talk about a common, it's, I think it's almost entering like it's a, somewhat of a new fad. I, I, if I'm just gauging the Instagram gauge. Yeah, I, I think it's starting to become more, I mean, it's, it's kind of been around for a while, but. Which is intuitive eating. So you see a lot of people saying you should, you, you need to intuitive eat. It, it's almost probably like a, you know, the opposite of what's been popular with like tracking calories yep. and logging and things like that. So I get where it's coming from, you know, in every, so, so many years, that's what happens, right? Like with anything, like, I mean, think about it when we were coming up, when we were kids, like baggy clothes were popular, you know, and now and like tight clothes, tight clothes were popular. And it's yeah. like, whatever my parents probably liked, I'm going to, I'm going to do the opposite. Yep. Right. So now you have all these coaches and people who are like, I shouldn't have to pay attention to this stuff. My body tells me everything. Yeah, you should be able to gauge your own hunger and, and control all of that and respond. And, mm-hmm. and hey, you know what? And y'all are going to like bash your heads on your dashboard or desk, wherever you're listening at, because you heard us say this a million times. Yeah, intuitive eating should be all we need, it right? It absolutely should be. If our environment aligned with how we've evolved, like the yeah. reason we are the way we are, which... Most people intuitively eat these days, right? Mm-hmm. They don't track anything. They just go with whatever yeah. their brain tells them to do or their body. Yeah. And, like, look where we're at. Obese. More, like, than, more than half the country overweight or obese. And everyone's intuitive eating, right? And, yes, of course, 200 years ago and beyond you and 100 years ago, yeah, people were intuitive eating. They didn't have issues. But the food environment was way different. That's the biggest thing. Yes, Tracking calories, yes, keeping a food journal, yes, doing these things can be a pain, but you have to understand they work and they're probably ideal, especially in the beginning, because it combats our current food environment. Now, unless you can completely go live in the middle of the woods. Yeah, like go live on a farm somewhere, like you're going to be great. only have whole foods, yeah, then you'll be fine. But if you find yourself in social situations and grocery shopping and you're living in a city where there's fast food everywhere. Yeah. Or having a cell phone with Uber Eats. Yep. Oof. Have you ever used Uber Eats? Nah, man. I'm me neither. Cheap for that. Yeah, you, same. You, it's like, like I can't pay someone that much money to bring me food that I don't and then, really and then, you, and then you see on like both. Now we're going to get into economics episode. That's fine. On both levels, it hurts almost both people. The delivery people get underpaid. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're taking jobs for like $3 a delivery. Like, mm-hmm. that's barely going to cover gas. Yep. And then it hurts, takes a big percentage out of the restaurant. Yeah. Right? And let's do a third thing. You yourself, it hurts because you're enforcing the habit of not even standing up. Yeah. Right? And, and just paying a crap ton <laughs> of money for... Yeah. So... What's not that I good, mean, you know? I mean, do this. That's... There's nothing good from mm-hmm. it. So... 
intuitive eating. Now, it can work, which we're, so we're going to get into, but you have to earn it. It's probably the For highest sure. level of skill. Yeah. Right? So it's, some people may be able to just start there and be fine if you're like kind of a Spartan, I'm going to go hardcore and do only this. Um, then it will work, or it may work for a short time. And you, but then the other problem is if it's new and you just kind of go Spartan and only eat, you know, broccoli and lettuce, then and lose weight, you, it's hard for you to connect the dots. You may, well, I just did it because I only ate these foods. When the reality is, you got in a calorie deficit, yeah. but you don't really know how big it was. It's hard for you to stay on. You, you don't even actually know the details of why it worked. Yeah, you did um, it and you got lucky and it worked, basically. Because you have no data. And, again, it normally doesn't last. That's mm -hmm. why we're even having co this conversation, because people can't stick with stuff like that. Yep. Um, diet, like, dieting is hard. So this is where um, – so now we've established really the food environment is the problem with intuitive eating. Is yeah. yeah, everyone is intuitive eating, and in the current food environment of cheap, highly processed foods – we're overeating. Yeah. So we are listening to ourselves and our body right now, it always tells us, our mind, we want the most calorie-dense things. And this is because we evolved with not always having food available. So our body wanted to be able to keep us alive. So, hey, when you do find something, we want the calories. And also storing body fat is efficient, right? Yeah. Because it helps us have calories for the future to prevent starvation to if we didn't have food. But now our current environment is we barely, we never even go a day without food. Nah, never go a couple hours without food. And highly palatable. Palatable. Again, remember, these foods are engineered to taste better. Like, yes. And we, make you want more. We can give you an apple. It, hey, just that apple, it tastes good. But then if you have Appy, Apple Jolly Rancher, Appy. Appy Jolly Rancher. <laughs> out, out there eating them Appy Jolly Ranchers. And Appy Pie. Remember, it's then a <laughs> fake apple flavor that literally someone sat in a lab and tweaked it. They tried it once. Ooh, this can taste better. They tried it again. Ooh, this, this is pretty good. Ooh, no, this is it. This makes me never want to stop. So that's what we're battling against. Yes, your, your brain, your intuitive eating is is eating foods engineered to tell your brain, I want more. Yep. So if you are intuitively eating, you're going to intuitively want more. Yeah, so you're essentially like getting hijacked by your environment and those highly palatable foods yep. to want that rather so, than what, you know, if you're in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. your intuitive eating is going to be a lot different. You're gonna be like, damn, I just need some protein to survive and some fat. Like, that's it. So... With that said, for the intuitive eating approach to work, you need to eat like whole foods only. Yeah. Right. Um, this is going to balance and help positively impact hunger, energy cravings, things like that. The problem is that's a very hard first step for a lot of people because your food environment is also your house, it's your job, it's your drive. You know, it's yeah, your social media. Yeah. That, um, that, so it's just hard to do that and not go back, right? Yeah, it's a complete and, flip, which we know how, you know, things like that usually last for people. So this is where, like, calories, food journaling, macros. Yeah, like, you have to track to kind of see where you're at. Like, if you have no idea of, you know, what works or mm -hmm. how much food to eat, then you're never going to be able to intuitively eat and know, you know, how to change that, too. Because yep. if you're intuitively eating, it also means that... You know, you may want to gain or lose weight, and you have to know how to do that when you're, you know, mm -hmm. intuitively eating. That's hard. 
And when you're tracking, so you're getting as much information as possible, you're learning. So say tracking your body weight, tracking your calories. Now you'll see, oh, when you're losing weight and you'll see how many calories you're eating. So you'll know, oh, I'm eating 1,500 calories. I'm losing a pound to two pounds a week. You do that for a month and then you're going to start, yeah, you're going to feel those hunger pains, whatever you want to call them. So, but then you're able to connect, oh, this is, this is real hunger. This isn't just emotional entertainment, boredom, boredom, hunger. So now that's knowledge that you have to where down the road, if you do not want to have to track, you'll almost know, you'll know, no, you will know the difference of what it feels like to be in a calorie deficit and that kind of hunger. Um, and you also kind of have an idea for like what your meals look like and what you have to say no to. Um, that's the powerful information that you kind of have to earn. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's not easy. And in doing it intuitively, most of us just aren't going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, tracking is kind of the foundation that you build so that you can intuitively eat with all that knowledge and data and experience and all of your, you know, the way you may have changed your environments while you're tracking is going to help you, you know, intuitively eat later on. Yep. And just to know foods, right? A yeah. lot of people... do No clue. Those of you listening probably know caloric beverages are calories, right? 400 calories of a drink is the same as 400 calories of food. But there's a lot of people who don't know that. Mm-hmm. Like it's... You tell them and it's mind-blowing. Yeah, they're like, well, you know, damn. I'm not eating it. Yeah. You know, it's not a meal. How can that be calories, right? So you, when you track, you learn those things. Yeah, you go to plug in juice, right? And you're like, oh, my goodness, this is 600 calories, right? Yep. So you have to learn those things. Otherwise, yeah, intuitively, it's sugary goodness. You drink it, you want more. It has and a in your bit. head, like, it doesn't really matter because you're not eating any mm-hmm. food. So you just have You need to learn learn those things. Um, so that is, you know, one of the main issues with trying to intuitively eat. And yeah. I think a lot of it spurs from people will struggle with tracking and journaling and they just want to avoid it. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah, this approach sounds easier because I don't have to track anything or acknowledge yeah, anything and I don't have to face kind of my demons. Yeah. Right. So one thing we notice when people do track is, oh, they track the good days. Say their goal is 1,600 calories. I mean, well, you can pull up the log. They're nailing it. But you never see the bad days. They have a 2,000-calorie day, a 3,000-calorie day. People rarely record it. When yeah. those are the days you need to record the most. Because it doesn't, doesn't feel good, you know, mm-hmm. or you're a failure in your own mind. Whereas if you just record it, you'll be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, now I know I, I, I probably shouldn't do that, but it's easier to move forward because you kind of faced it already and yeah. are and, using it as data and you know, a, a, a lesson learner. And the comfort of quote unquote intuitive eating is you can say, cause what happens a lot of times? Oh, I needed that because I was sad or I was stressed. And that's what my body was telling me. You must, you know, you need, you need these calories, but th- that's the reality is no, you, you actually didn't. You didn't. Um, your mental cues got in the way. Now, intuitively you could tell yourself that was the right thing to do. Um, but again, if your goal is like, I want to lose weight and you're, you know, 30 pounds over overweight, you know, with body fat. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to remember that is stored energy. Those are stored calories. So being in calorie deficit is not that stressful or, or bad on your body because it literally has plenty of reserves. Yeah. So really what you're battling with intuitively is those en- environmental things, you know, emotional and physical environmental. And I think, I think 
because you touched on that, a good um, or something you need to have when before you intuitively eat is like a good grasp on how you respond to things um, like emotionally and mentally. Because if you're, you know, under stress and you immediately go for food, that's not, you know, we'll say a good response to a stressor. Mm -hmm. Like you can't be an intuitive eater if you automatically have those responses and you don't deal with stressful situations, you know, in a better manner. You know, part Mm -hmm. of it is realizing, you know what, like I'm stressed. You have, you know, ways to de-escalate yourself or move through it that aren't food related. Mm -hmm. And being able to develop those can help because then you go do that and you're not eating. You know, you don't need food in that moment. And that's part of being intuitive is, you know, being in tune with your body as a whole and realizing that, you know, that's not what I actually need in this moment. Mm -hmm. So, but you have to, again, you got to earn that. And that takes a lot of tracking. I mean, we see how many barriers people break down tracking and, you know, unpacking a lot of stuff and realizing, man, like I overeat because of, you know, X or, you know, something bad happened, you know, in my life. And, you know, anytime I think about it, um, I usually go for, you know, a yeah. donut or whatever, and that, that that's part of it too. So it's not just you know only environmental. Like that's another factor as well that we have to to work on. And then kind of off of these factors, you're probably sitting there like, why is this so complicated and difficult? And it is. And one thing we've noticed, and again, this is why. As we've evolved, we used to, I mean, I was just a personal trainer and then we eventually had coastal and just gyms, but the nutrition side of things has evolved and taken big time a bigger role because more and more we realize that people need accountability support. They need nutrition coaching, yeah. nutrition coaches, because you'll have your blinders on and won't be able to see a lot of these things. Um, one thing we notice with with people is, Everyone focused so much on what to eat, right? So, oh, intuitive eating and eating good foods versus bad foods, um, you know, doing diets, Whole30 versus eating whatever that um, they don't notice, like, their patterns that they're creating, Mm -hmm. which is typically like an all or nothing is the most common one we see. So all or nothing, good, bad foods. Um, And, yeah, they'll go, oh, I'm eating good for four days. And then binge on. And then binge for a day. Yeah. Or two, or it turns into a week, yeah. and kind of out of sight, out of mind. Um, but then think, I need to get back to these, to the perfect diet, yeah. to these perfect foods. But not seeing that because you're trying to have a hundred percent perfection, that's literally what's causing the binges. Yeah. So you could argue that those perfect foods aren't, aren't they're so not perfect. perfect. What if you allowed you. a little wiggle room and then didn't have the binges? Yeah. Um, which are then or what trip people up over the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have a coach, they're able to look like you need to work on these issues and yeah. bring them to light. And just not letting, yeah, not letting people avoid the things that they need to, to work on. You know, we, having the hard conversations is part of it and telling people what they don't want to hear sometimes. But it's usually beneficial, mm-hmm. you know. And it's from a, a, you know, a good spot. Like, we want people to succeed and... Part of that is, you know, telling you what you maybe don't want to admit or talking to you about it or getting you to, to leading you to it mm-hmm. um, so that you can confront it and, and work through it and, you know, move on. And m- what most people don't, you know, realize or give their self credit for is, so if you are working to lose weight um, and approaching your nutrition, it is going to be hard. And ultimately, 
then when you're successful at it, and most of the people we meet with have been, they have lost weight at some mm-hmm. point. But when you lose weight, you're now burning fewer calories. So your metabolism adapts because you're smaller uh, and you need less calories. And then also, typically, your appetite will increase, right? Because you're giving your body less, you're now smaller, and your body is used to being at a heavier weight. So it kind of counters that initially. It's your body's initial fear of you know, yeah, of, wasting of, away. of wasting away by increasing your appetite. Mm-hmm. So you have to, again, then be, quote, intuitively aware that this is, these things are going to happen yeah. so that you don't then just go, oh, oh my, my body's telling me I, I need to eat more, so I'm going to listen to it and do it, when in actuality it's just an initial stage. Um, and that's where having a coach can help kind of help support you through fighting that a little yep. bit. And, and that is why, um, you know, the – the coach, the extra eyeballs is almost essential because yeah. if you just, even if you're aware, it's still hard to do. Yeah. And there's just so many factors, you know, we've talked about this a million times that are kind of working against you and having someone to navigate all of that with you is really helpful. You know, like mm-hmm. someone that's been through it or has seen, you know, a myriad of situations where, you know, people have gone through, um, yeah, like we can navigate it a little bit better. And without emotion, too. That's a big one. You know, having the outside eye that's not, you know, emotionally attached or, or mentally involved in, you know, your life in that way uh, can be really helpful. So really, the, I think the, if we kind of circle back around. Circle the wagon. Put everything in a little box with a bow. What color is the bow? <laughs> uh, lime green. I knew you were going to say that. So, coastal bow. The first thing is, I think, expectations you know, and most people, the goal isn't just weight loss. It should be long-term weight loss. Yes. Um, so, ex- you know, expecting it and realizing that it's going to be harder um, than you want it to be, than you expect it to be. Mm-hmm. So then with that, you can say, okay, you almost need to take away labels per se and, and not worry about like fad diets and intuitive eating and even like calories and macros, but just think of it as I need to gather the more information I have, the better, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to gather information to learn, and then it helps to have support or accountability from like a coach or a friend um, to keep, keep you going and have that extra set of eyeballs. So then with that data, you're able to learn and make decisions. And, um, you know, one of the most common things we see is so many people are successful losing weight by just yeah, doing the, you know, the quick fix effect of like, I'm going to just eat salads, you know, or eat Mm -hmm. as little food as possible. So crash diet. And yet you lose weight, but you're not learning anything. Like you don't, you, you don't learn how you feel when you do mm -hmm. X, how to manage different environments that are part of your life. You you might just avoid everything up front. Again, only eat, you know, little food, lose a bunch of weight. But then when you're like, okay, I kind of have to get back to life you know, you gain it back. So then it, then you start that yo-yo process. Whereas a coach is going to know, well, the goal is not to eat as little as possible. Nah. It's to eat as much as possible while still allowing you to lose an optimal amount of weight. Yeah. Which is really like 1% of your body weight a week. So for most people, you know, obviously the smaller, leaner you are, the less that's going to be. But on average, like one to two pounds a week. Yeah. That's where you actually want to be. So... Yeah, if you're just kind of like willy-nilly, just 
eating as little as possible, you don't actually know where you're at. You don't know how much you need to eat to lose weight. You don't know how many calories or portions of food you need or what foods are helpful, which mm-hmm. foods aren't. Um, so yeah. that's why you want to gather that data. And then again, when we're looking at it, we can be biased, right? Yeah. So you can be like, oh, well, man, I had five days that are really good, but then you're ignoring two or three off days. So a coach can kind of be there to say, hey, like what happened to those two days? Um, you yeah, know, instead of you glossing over them, now you got to be like, damn, mm-hmm. what did I, you know, and then, what did I do on those two days? In hindsight, the further that goes, you you forget about those and you just think, well, man, I, I've tried really hard, right? But you're just overlooking things. Well, because if you think about over, I don't know, we'll say a month, you have five good days a week and two, we'll say bad days for lack of a better word. But so that's 20 good days and like what? eight, yeah, eight days that were, meh, those 20 days are going to overshadow it, and you're going to feel like, damn, I've been, like, killing it, I've been perfect, I've been doing a good job, why am I not losing weight? And that snowballs over time, and it gets harder to face that. Maybe I'm messing up a little bit on the weekends, Yeah, the more you do it. Um, Or a common one is people want to classify good and bad foods, so then when they have a bad, quote-unquote, bad food, they'll binge on it. but the reality is, like, why didn't you just have a portion of that food? You could just have a portion of that food on a normal day, mm-hmm. work it in the context of your day's calories or portions, and, yeah, lose weight and be just fine. And not binge on the food ever, and you're Yeah, because be you're not telling consistent. yourself you can't have it. Um, but since you've classified as good and bad, people feel like, oh, I had this, even if I have one portion of, quote-unquote, bad food on a, this Tuesday... Well, everything's ruined. Yeah, everything right? goes out the window. And then there's that guilt that, like, oh, I had bad food. I did bad. And it turns into a, Whereas, a like, bad day or bad If you had, week. like, I don't know, we'll say a bowl of cereal, you're good. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, a bowl of cereal is not that many calories in the grand scheme. Four bowls of cereal, on the other hand, well, and, or more. And here's the problem, too, when you do say this. Like, what's well, a bowl? Exactly. Right? So someone could be pouring a huge five-quart bowl of cereal versus mm-hmm. someone else with a one-cup bowl. The old one glass so even of wine saying that, So saying <laughs> that, you could say, I don't know what's wrong. All I had was a bowl of cereal. Yeah. Well, did you measure it? And you had five servings in a bowl. And again, you don't have to measure it forever, but after you measure it for a few months, you're going to start to see what a appropriate portion looks yeah. like that fits into your calorie needs to lose weight. Yep. Ooh, so see how you connect the dots? Of if, if you're just super fringe and super intuitive i had a bowl of cereal but uh, well how big was your bowl how big was your bowl what portion do you even need in the context to get you to lose weight but if you're not weighing yourself and you're not measuring your food you're just not going to know you're just winging it at this point whereas in hoping that this works yeah but if you learn these things then you can include them and then all of a sudden everything doesn't feel so overwhelming you can you know you don't have to like label stuff as good and bad Mm -hmm. you can just make it all work um, but it does take, it's, it is work and it takes, it's the process and yeah, you have it to learn. Time. Um, perfect example. We probably shared before. Maybe I've just told you and another story was, I remember dog sitting. I had a client that I dog sat for back in the day and they had this over, very overweight dog oh. <laughs> and they would, and I was like, man, this, this dog is, this dog is big. And they would say, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, like we feed them, feed them what the label says for what he's supposed to be for a dog his size. And then I remember when the, f- the first time I went to dog sit at their house, like the 
the dog food said to feed him one cup twice a day, one cup of dog food, M- meaning an eight ounce, a cup, measured cup, a measured cup, because the stuff is calories, right? Yeah. And like, yeah, if your dog's supposed to be thirty pounds and you're feeding it triple the amount it needs, it's gonna gain weight, right? Well, what they did, because out of love, you know, they had a big like Seven <laughs> Eleven, like forty ounce cup in you know in the dog container of food, and then that's what they would scoop out and feed them. So in their mind, yeah, they were giving them a one cup, cup. of dog food. For breakfast and dinner, but the reality is eight, sixteen, twenty-four. Bro, I that's mean, like five, five, five x, right? Five servings. So, and at, ten a day. At one, so that's ten. So they were probably supposed to be getting, um, yeah, sixteen ounces of dog food a day, and they were getting eighty. You know. Yeah, you're gonna be obese. <laughs> yeah, like. and have you so. That matters. You know that matters, and that's ultimately kind of what we do as people, right? Yeah, everyone should just weigh everything by the gram. Like, you, I like mean, drug dealers. It's and I. That's what I do. <laughs> one reason too, I'm big on this is, I've done it. I've seen it. So like, yeah. I went through a phase, you know, of yeah, weighing and tracking, and I don't even have to anymore, dude. I can almost be spot on, but I still do it because it's just easy. It's just habit. No, it's it's really easy. Right, but I I know stuff. You know, you just learn these things. So I could see and eyeball my portions. Like this week, I was at. Um, outer banks and so I didn't have my scale in these things but I, so I essentially just you know eyeballed my portions of food that we made and when we went out to eat I yeah you don't eat to your stuff you know listen to your internal cues and everything was fine and normal I you know you know doing a phase to to lose a little weight and I did um, but yeah so but the reason I can do that now is because I've learned well you've tracked so many and times and all that. before yeah. So, do you um, ever like try to measure something out and you get it first go? Oh, it's my favorite. It's like dude. a game. Oh now. my god! And I can do it. It's it's funny. It shows how man how good our brains are. Mm-hmm. Like I can, you can normally tell from feel. Yeah. Right. So I can. So for example, right now for a while. So since I've been doing this fa- cutting phase, I have right now. So to keep it real easy, I almost eat the same stuff every day, mm-hmm. and then I keep my protein. And fats the same, and then, adjust and then over carbs. time I just adjust my carbs. So then when I stall out and I need to lower calories, I slightly lower my carbs, and starting them as high as possible from the beginning. Yep. So now I'm at the point where I have 350 grams, that's measured grams of rice a day, which is, works out to about like 280 grams of carbs. But anyways, so it's fun for me to, um, I make it all in a rice pot in the morning in a rice cooker, mm-hmm. and then just keep it. But I like to see how close I can get to the gram. Of pouring the rice the in, into the container, yeah, and I'm never more than do five grams off, and and you know I can nail it a lot of times. I do that. Like usually, I'll measure out Whitney's chicken for whatever we're making. Um, dude, I can just like we'll do shredded chicken, so it'll be in like a Tupperware mm-hmm. or something. Dude, first go, I'll just get like a a big old clump of it, pop it down, mm-hmm. dude, to the gram. It's my favorite. It like makes me feel so it good is, on the inside. It's funny you say it because now I realize how much it is a daily game of. So I get to do it when I'm cooking the rice. Yeah. Then when I go to portion, and then I know cooked, it makes about um, say thirty ounces cooked. Mm-hmm. And so then when I weigh out, so I divide it into three meals. Uh, so I have about ten ounces. Ten ounces a meal. So then I like to when I'm taking it out of the rice cooker and putting it on my bowl. Try to get that. Ten ounce, and again, it doesn't even matter because there's my day's worth of rice. Yeah, so, so could, no matter how I you could, eat it, but it's fun to like. Oh, I'm gonna try to get ten ounces. Yeah, 
by feel from the scoop into my bowl. It's the best. And it's, you know, almost Why always Why is that so satisfying? Spot on. It really is. I do it with my yogurt, too. Mm-hmm. Try to get, like, as big of a scoop as possible and then just nail it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to do it when I get Same home. thing in the, I mor- can't wait. <laughs> in the morning. I, uh, I have ground beef, eight ounces of ground beef. Mm-hmm. So I put the pan on the scale, zero it out. You know, and then I take the raw beef, put it on the pan to cook. But I, So I like to see if I can grab just eight ounces, just eight ounces of the ground beef and get it on one go, you know, into the it's pan. The best, man. People are gonna think we're nuts. Hey, this, this, no, this is gonna make him sound even more nuts. To be more exact, I'll take it down. I'll do grams instead of ounces. So, two hundred and twenty-seven grams is eight ounces. Eight ounces. Damn. So, son. you're really taking it down. I usually stay ounces, but now maybe I should go to grams. You gotta for go that. next level, man. You're you're playing t-ball. You gotta go to the big leagues. I'm gonna do it. Gonna oh do man. It. This is what we get excited for. In case anybody's wondering. So they, and you know what, though? Try it. Everyone's going to start doing it. And they're like, damn, this is fun. And then all of a sudden, getting shredded is a, a, a game. game. It's easy. <laughs> oh, man. It's funny how where you end up. But yeah. here we are. Having, so, having fun weighing things. Yeah. See, look at this. Intuitive eating, you wouldn't get to do any of this. Yeah. And here's my issue. How do you know how much food to buy? Yeah. <laughs> Like, if the, the people just have unlimited food budgets, like, you're just going to eat willy-nilly, and then what? Are you going to run out of food, like, three days into your week, and then you just go buy more? Yeah. Like, that's my I thing. I know exactly. I mark, because we do eat a little bit different week to week, depending on, like, my schedule. But, like, dude, I write down, like, exactly how much of each meat we need to buy mm-hmm. so that we're not, yeah, you going know, over going or over under, or yeah. under. Like, I don't want to have to go to the store again. Yeah. Sometimes I'd have to, but I try not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how people do that. Like, I need to know how much of this do I need. And there's ways to do it. Like, we're sitting here talking about way into the gram. You do not have to do that. No, no, no. What I used, just being lunatic. What I used to do for the longest time with meat, meat's easy, right? So if you know I'm going to have eight-ounce portions, about 50 grams of protein per eight ounces of meat. Um, yeah, you, what do you, buy, you buy meat. It tells you the weight already on it's it. It's usually right? in, like, one pound So if you get a pack, too. yeah, if you get a one-pound pack of ground beef you know okay about half that pack is eight ounces yeah. so so say you even just cooked up that whole pound at once you got two meals worth right there so then you just kind of eyeball it split it in half yeah eat one put one in a container and it'll average out two days of eating that is yeah. going to be a pound no matter what you do so, so you never even have to weigh it right yeah. and then i would eat. that was one of my favorite ways to do it yeah and and then that's how i would do the meat and then for starches I would basically just cook them all up and then use a measuring cup to serve it, right? But then you're also kind of measuring it. So one cup of um, rice rice would be, you know, about 50, one serving about 50 grams. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just measuring cup, take the rice out, boom, plop it on the plate. Yep. So you don't ha- even have to use a scale. No. I've actually found using the scale, though, helps because you end up with less dishes, right? Dude. Because you don't have yes. to use all these serving utensils, all these bowls. You literally can just... Put whatever you're getting on the scale, zero it out, and then take it out onto your Dude, plate. Dude, it's my favorite way. Whitney's been baking like that. Like she, when she realized, like, mm-hmm. damn, when you can just weigh everything and not use measuring spoons at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's oh my game changer. God, it's my favorite. And sometimes, like, we'll we'll make our like, we'll say fun food. You know, we'll do like a more in depth recipe. But being able to just weigh everything by the gram. Yeah. Dude, there's no cleanup. You have yep. one bowl, and that's it. Yep. Oh God, I love it. So it's... if no, if you already don't do that, start doing it because it's gonna change your life. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. all. Public service announcement. And then even, like we said, 
you don't have to do this stuff forever. You'll eventually no. learn. You'll be able to eyeball, you know, but you may find you like it, right? Mm-hmm. If you, yeah, like, I honestly like it. I, it makes my life easy. I don't have to think about it. So I'm cool with it. But when, you know, like Gary was in the Outer Banks, when we get to situations like that, like, you know how to navigate. You know how much you really mm-hmm. need to eat because you've been serving it up for so long that, like, we have a pretty good idea of what eight ounces it, looks like. You know what, though? Part of me was sad. Like, I, we had a little air fryer down there, and I was cooking up some chicken. So I was just eyeballing my eight ounce portion of chicken breast because they were all in, you know, a Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. So they weren't already packed. Like I just said, you know, came, I didn't know, oh, I bought five pounds. It was just a random amount in a Ziploc bag. And, but I kind of know by feel, mm-hmm. you know, the eight ounces that I'm putting into the air fryer. But I wanted to know. Like I knew I was close enough to yeah, be effective. But you needed to know. But I was like, man, I wish I knew how, how close I was, you know. You missed out. But, so yeah, intuitive eating. It's, it's advanced. It's advanced. You know, don't, you, you got to put in the time with, again, whether you're weighing food or just tracking it through portions, you know, you can also use your hand, you know, palm size serving of protein is typically about, you know, six to eight ounces, a fist size serving of starch is like a cup. So there's different ways, but at some form you need to like track, right? You have to. Um, hand portion, measuring cup portion, weighing scale, something, you um, you have to earn that right for intuitive eating mm-hmm. in today's current environment. Yeah. Now, yeah, if you find yourself back in the woods and farming and stuff and just having enough food is the issue, then... You'll probably be all right. You're, you'll be good. Yeah. You know, you don't need to... You'll, you'll know, right? You'll be able to see your body. Like, mm-hmm. I'm losing a ton of weight. I need to eat, I'm starving and yeah. I haven't eaten in three days. Um, so when you do find food, you're going to eat it as much as you need to. Exactly. But in this environment of abundance it's hard you got to measure something right same you know like we talked about how do you even know how much to eat same thing it's like it's just like finances right if you want to save money if you find yourself going in debt every month and using credit cards you have to track your spending you you need to track your spending because or you could just be like i'm never going to spend but then how do you get what you need exactly right same thing with eating that's like going on a crash diet i'm just going to eat as little as possible but then how do you get you still need certain food and certain nutrients to thrive yeah so that's so you what, have to be able to look. Yeah. And and budget budget. Yeah. You have budget to. your food. Intuitive spending. Ooh. It's all the same, right? It don't work. Like when you're hungry, it's like when you want to spend money. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. Sometimes then, you don't need to, and sometimes it's for entertainment. Yeah. And then ultimately realize that, you know, hey, accept that this is hard. Then accept that if you need a coach, support, accountability, that you're not that that is the norm. Yeah, like you're not a failure. Like most people are up against a lot. Most people do. Mm-hmm. So really, by trying to do it without one, you're, you know, doing yourself a disservice. Doing yourself a disservice, unless you're just that person, like who's going to like really love it, finds it easy. Um, outside of that, you're most people need that support and accountability of a mm-hmm. coach. Again, because of habits we've been doing since we were five years old, and, and a lot of stuff maybe we can't see ourselves. You know, you need an outside eye to. To help you, you know, realize maybe things you're you're doing you don't realize. So there it is. Why intuitive eating is not easy. The w- easy and it's definitely not where most people should start. Nah. And trust me, I, I as a coach, man, I wish. Do you know how many times I just told people I gave them a food list, you know, or a meal plan. Mm-hmm. Just eat these foods, man. If you just eat these whole foods, all your problems are solved. True. But that's ignoring 
the reality. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, the reality of people's food environments and habits and skills that they've developed. Um, so as much as I've resisted as a younger coach, tracking calories and stuff, it's, you know, it's... You, you just need to. It's needed at some point. Age. So, um, again, some people of rare minority can just go full Spartan mode and only and eat And are going to be okay. Keep everything else out of their house and out of their work environments and... Um, but most people aren't that. Yeah. And most of the time you'll end up there. Cause yeah, as you start to eat those things, you have more energy, you lose weight. It is easier. That's kind of almost where I am now, mm -hmm. but I didn't start there. Nope. You know, nope. I started with, well, I want to, in my mind, I need to still be able to have pizza every day. So I'm going to look for these little recipes that kind of taste like pizza. And then it ends up being a disappointment. Oh, those are the so worst. then you end up binging on pizza and you yo-yo back and forth and good and bad. And then eventually Eight years later, you learn to just have a slice of pizza. Yep. One, you know, within when you want it, within a day, make it fit your goals. Um, but again, you're able to do that because you know, A, well, whether your goal is to maintain your weight or lose your weight or gain weight, you know kind of what those numbers are that you need to hit. Mm -hmm. And then you know what the numbers are of the pizza or the other, the foods you want to include. So then you can make it all work. But again, it only does because you know these things, which is the complete opposite of intuitive, straight up yep, intuitive, intuitive eating. eating. Mm. This is going to be a, a good one. I think it will be. Good one. Ho ho prevent people from going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And we're not saying it's bad. You just have to work your way there. Yep. Just put in the work. Yeah. And ending up there is a great place to end up. Yeah. But again, the key is, look, a lot of people are in intuitive eating and they're not where they want to be. Yeah, don't run before you walk. It's <laughs> so really the we've, we're saying the message like, today. Well, let's look at what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's probably not where most people want to be, so let's earn the right to do it successfully. Which okay. takes work, which is like anything. Why should it be easy? Yeah. Because even before when we didn't have to worry about it, guess what was, was hard? Obtaining food. Yeah. So now we're in the opposite <laughs> place where and we're fighting against all yeah. that. So it's like, oh, it would be so much easier if I lived 300 years ago. <laughs> would it? You say that until um, you got to fight for food every day. Yeah. Dude, we were watching before the 90 days. Oh, God. And there's this dude. Dude, some people you just want to reach in there. Mm. And just shake them? So he's American. She's okay. Colombian. She's like a model, fitness model or something. But her And then her dad, like... A farmer like that's his living lives on a farm and this dude is very metrosexual um he's he makes dude he so he's very wealthy and what he does is he makes like guns that like like i guess novelty right so that you take a gun and make it the handle look pretty and uh -huh. stuff right so that's what he does and he drives you know ferraris and stuff and he's do he <laughs> look not look to each their own i have my quirks but I mean, just to paint the scene, he puts like these things on his under his eyes every day, like they're like, I guess to take away your bags, you know. So I mean, he's 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 in it, he's yeah. in it, right? And he's and he dresses, you know, he wears like the um, what are the 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 stuff that everyone kind of the, the guys with Ed Hardy type looking? Oh you know? yeah, okay, and okay. He yeah. So and then, and then, I mean, she's a girly girl too but like i said she's especially there you know family's really big and she's like my dad's a farmer you're gonna have to prove you know for his acceptance like that you can do the farm work it's just you know that's yeah. just where things are at and um <laughs> dude they're just he goes and they're like he had like they have cows and stuff 
And it just wasn't, dude. It was so hilarious. He, but he's the type too, and then she's also into fitness, right? So she wants to go on this hike, and he's complaining the whole time. And I gotta work. You know, I bet it's hot, and just then she's Colombian and very uh, wears her emotions on her sleeves, and just says says what she's thinking. Oh, so good. I forget what I was even tying this to. I don't even know. <laughs> there was. But I'm glad you told me about there, it. There was a purpose. Um, now I have no clue. But um, let's think here. We're talking about intuitive eating. <laughs> I don't know how this ties back at all, but uh, or maybe finding the right match or something. I don't know. Who knows? But I can't. Mm. Like that's a probably a deal breaker. Yeah, I don't know about that show though. Sometimes people look past like every red flag. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my god, I love them, well, but we have nothing in common. Are you sure? Mm. That sounds like they're just like a snack you don't need to eat. You know. Mm-hmm. Stick to your meals? Yeah, just stick to your meals, man. <laughs> your beef and rice. <laughs> no, no side snack? No, nah, man. No Colum- Colombian Cupid? <laughs> oh, man. Well, go check that out. I'm yeah. telling you, I might like the, the before 90 days better. I just, I'm not sure I'm emotionally ready to, to watch it. Because it is... The cringe is sometimes too much for me. It makes me want to crawl, like, into a hole and just disappear. Mm-hmm. Just the embarrassment for the other. You people. just want to reach in the TV and fix things. Yeah, I'm like, why? Well, I, I could help you so much if you just, you know, mm. probably couldn't help them. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, bro, <laughs> they went out to eat like on one of their first dates, Stop. and he so he gets his nails done, but also not just a manicure. Like you could tell they were like painted, like clear, glossy. Mm-hmm. And this was what she was telling him about the farm, and he was like, "I'm kind of a manicure type of guy, not dirt under your nails type of guy." And then she called, uh, I won't say it on here, but like, uh, it was funny. I was like, you should like, mm. I mean, treat yourself, but you know, Mm-mm-mm. damn, he should have known that clear coat. You got, you got to go get a non-farmer farming girl, but sometimes love, love perseveres, man. Does it though? <laughs> no, I'm not sure. <laughs> no way. Uh, hey, you know what? Your love with intuitive eating might persevere. It might. But, it might if you work at it. But first, you, yeah, you need to do the farm work. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Oh, man. All right. All right. Before we make any we'll, more we'll wrap it jokes, up. let's get out of we'll here. We'll leave it at that. Oh, man. All right. Holla. See you next time. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.